Augustin Huneus is a wealthy winemaker in Napa Valley. He's a second-generation owner of a wine empire. And in August of 2018, his daughter was about to apply to college. And so he got on the phone with a college counselor named Rick Singer. Hey, Rick. Hey there. Is this a good, good time? time for you? Yeah, it's good for me. Okay, great. Huneus was worried about his daughter's chances of getting into a top school. But on the call, which neither of them knew was being recorded, Singer laid out a plan to help. It involved water polo. So I just wanted you to walk me through the whole kind of water polo thing again and how it worked. The water polo thing was a plan to pitch Huneus's daughter to the University of Southern California as a water polo star. The daughter didn't play water polo, but that wouldn't matter because Singer was going to bribe a USC administrator to go along with the ruse and try to get her in. Singer's charge for these services was 250 grand. But Huneas had some other concerns. Here's our colleague, Melissa Korn, who covers higher education. He's worried that the public will catch on somehow. Is there any risk that this thing blows up in my face? He's not totally sure how that could happen. He kind of thinks through different worst-case scenarios, including that there's some newspaper article about USC selling spots. No, like some article comes out that the oh, no. polo team is selling seats into the school for 250 grand. Well, no, because she's a water polo player. <laughs> but she's not. I mean, you're, that's, that's what I mean. Well, but she is. Okay. Despite his concerns, Huneas decided to do it. And then, in March 2019, it did blow up in Huneas's face. We're going to begin tonight with Operation Varsity Blues, an investigation into the biggest college cheating scam ever prosecuted. Parents being charged in this probe are among the most privileged in the country. CEOs, real estate and law executives, even Lori Laughlin of Full House and Desperate Housewives star Felicity Huffman. In some instances, this involved fraudulent college entrance exams, while others faked credentials for athletic recruiting. Singer's schemes were exposed. Dozens of rich and powerful parents were accused of working with Singer to cheat their kids' way into elite schools. A number of college coaches from prestigious universities were also charged. Many, including Huneus, have pleaded guilty. Singer himself has also admitted to masterminding the scheme. But a handful of others, including that USC administrator, have maintained their innocence. Now, two of them are on trial. And as part of their case, prosecutors are releasing hours of wiretap calls. I think hearing the tapes really just gives you greater insight into who these people were and their frame of mind when talking to Singer, and also just how smooth an operator Singer could be. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, October 5th. Coming up on the show, The Singer Tapes and what they reveal about the biggest education scam ever prosecuted.
This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Federal agents originally learned about Rick Singer and his cheating scheme by accident. In 2018, they were investigating a stock fraud case when one of their cooperating witnesses revealed that he'd been bribing the women's soccer coach at Yale to get his daughter into the school as an athletic recruit. That tip eventually led investigators to Singer, and they began wiretapping his cell phone. Melissa says the recordings paint a vivid picture of how Singer's business worked. What does Singer sound like on these calls? He is smooth. He really, he had a good way of talking to these parents, understanding, and then sometimes kind of playing with their insecurities, playing up their insecurities. What were the insecurities that he was playing off of? So one of the big things that a lot of the clients talked about, um, either to Singer or otherwise, was this concern that their kids weren't going to get into college or weren't going to get into the right college. Let's start with Duke, UVA, Penn, Notre Dame. Where a kid goes to college is seen in some circles as a reflection on a parent's success. So I have failed as a mom if my kid doesn't go to these super selective prestigious universities, Mm -hmm. right? I did something wrong and I want that bumper sticker and that bragging right. So Singer played up the the high stakes of college admissions, how it had gotten so hard to get into these schools and these kids really stood no shot of admission without his help. Um, But those are all really good academic places and she's not getting into any of them on her own. Nope. Singer and his company offered parents two kinds of help. The first kind of help was legitimate. He and his staff provided test prep and help with college essays. The second kind of help was illegal, stuff like cheating on college entrance exams. The tapes show how Singer pitched the illegal stuff to parents, including, in one call, to a top New York mergers and acquisitions lawyer named Gordon Kaplan. Kaplan has since pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit fraud. Is this Gordon Gecko of Wall Street? Uh, it's Gordon Kaplan. How are you? I'm only kidding with you, Gordon. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good. Kaplan had a daughter who was a high school student and a tennis player, and a pretty good tennis player, but not like top, top ranked, and not a great student. Or, according to her dad, a great test taker. So Kaplan got on the phone with Singer to see how they might be able to make that problem go away. So here's the first thing we need to do, and I, I think I meant, mentioned this to your wife. We need to get your daughter tested for a learning difference. Here's why. Singer told Kaplan that if his daughter had a learning difference, she'd be able to take her college entrance exam alone at a testing center where Singer had an in. She would go to this testing center and take the test, and after she finished the test, Rick Singer's proctor, this guy named Mark Riddell, would clean up her score. My proctor would then um, answer her questions 
And by the end of the day, she would leave, and my proctor would ensure that she would get a score that would be equivalent to the number that we need to get. Okay. That's how simple it is. She doesn't know. Nobody knows what happened. It happened. She feels great about herself. She got a test score. Now you are actually capable for help getting into a school. The price Singer quoted for this extra leg up was $75,000. To be honest, it feels a little weird. <laughs> but I know it does. I know it does. But when she gets to school and we have choices, you're going to be saying, okay, I'll take all my kids. We're going to do the same thing. And Kaplan was like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, I will. Singer's proctor, Mark Riddell, has since pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit fraud and money laundering. Fraudulent test scores helped strengthen kids' applications, but they didn't guarantee entry into a top school. And that's what many parents wanted, a sure thing. The tapes show that Singer had a solution for them, too. Here's Melissa. What it was, was pitching this teen as an athlete, paying off a coach or giving money to the school, to the athletic program, and having the kid flagged as a recruited walk-on, generally. And that's about as close to a guarantee as you can get in selective college admissions. Mm -hmm. Is that like an actual loophole in the admissions process that he sort of discovered? Yeah. Being an athlete gives you a huge advantage in admissions. But normally, do the admissions officers like check to make sure that the athlete is actually good at the sport? Absolutely not. Admissions officers trusted that the coaches were only going to put forward players who would actually help their team. And they often never checked whether these recruited athletes even joined the roster once they got to campus. Mm -hmm. And that is the weakness in the system that Singer understood and exploited. This fake student-athlete scheme was expensive. And according to prosecutors, the money usually flowed like this. First, parents would funnel money to a foundation that Singer had set up. Then, Singer would use that money to bribe coaches to flag the students as recruits, either by paying the coaches directly or by making a donation to the school's athletic program. The tapes show Singer discussing this fake athlete scheme with one of the parents who's now on trial, John Wilson. Wilson is charged with wire fraud, tax fraud, and bribery, among other things. He's pleaded not guilty to all charges. Wilson is in private equity. He's a former executive at The Gap in Staples. And he went to Singer for help with his twin daughters. Twins who uh, were starting to look at colleges in 2018. And Wilson engaged with Singer to talk about the opportunities for a side door admission for those girls to schools, including Harvard and Stanford. Good morning. Hello, Rick. Hey, John. So Wilson and Singer are kind of talking about their options. You know, what sports might make sense for the girls to play? What do they actually play? What sports would be best for them? Is, it, is crew the, the best, even you talk about the IVs and that kind of stuff like that? Or is that not going to even matter? Oh, for me, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll make them a sailor or something. Singer was recorded telling Wilson it would cost him $1.2 million each to get his daughters in as sailors. Throughout his conversations with Singer, he would kind of ask about the opportunity to have some discounts or, you know, could we do that for a little cheaper? Or... Is there a two-for-one special? You got twins? <laughs> can we get a two-for-one discount since they're twins? There's no piggybacking like that at all, I assume. 
I'm sorry about that. They're independent people. Singer didn't budge from his $1.2 million price tag, at least not on that call. But a while later, the tapes show he did call John Wilson back with some good news. So I had a conversation with the Stanford sailing coach. And um, so I just gave the Stanford sailing coach 160000 for his program. And while we were having that conversation, I said, hey, I'm hoping that this 160 that I'm helping you with helps secure a spot for next year. Can I be guaranteed a spot for next year? And he said, yes. Singer had a spot at Stanford, at least for one of the twins. I can send him your 500000 that you wired into my account to secure the spot for one of your girls. Um, I asked him for a second spot in sailing, and he said he can't do that because he has to actually recruit some real sailors so that Stanford doesn't <laughs> catch on. Right. Okay. So yeah, no, Stanford he's got to sailors, yeah. Yeah, so that Sanford doesn't catch on to what he's doing. Wilson's lawyers have said he thought the money he paid Singer was a legitimate donation, and that he, quote, trusted a con man who stole his money. There was also something Wilson didn't know about this 2018 call. Singer wasn't really calling to share some good news. He had an ulterior motive. Singer made that call because federal agents told him to. Singer had been approached by the feds. He was kind of and he agreed to cooperate with them. After the break, how Singer flipped. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. When the feds first started taping Singer's calls, he didn't know he was being recorded. But after a few months... That changed. Singer started actively collaborating with the feds to catch parents on tape. Our colleague Jennifer Levitz has been covering the scandal along with Melissa. They actually wrote a book about it. It's based on interviews with more than 100 people. Jennifer says the key moment when Singer flipped happened in September of 2018. Singer traveled to a Marriott in Boston to meet a guy named Rudy Meredith, a coach he'd worked with to get students into Yale. He thinks he's going to a meeting with the coach of women's soccer, Rudy Meredith, to talk about some financial arrangements. What he doesn't realize is that Rudy Meredith is already cooperating with the federal government. Meredith has pleaded guilty to fraud charges. Singer 
goes to the Marriott and they go into a room and they're haggling out deals, but they're being watched. They're being watched by cameras. And so they start talking about their illicit deal. And then at that point, there's a knock on the door. It was the feds. Hello, we're the federal government and, you know, we've, we've got you and we're looking into your college admissions scam. It didn't take long, just a few days, before Singer and his lawyer realized that the feds had a strong case and they had tapes. Singer admitted to masterminding the cheating scheme and in an effort to lighten his sentence, he agreed to cooperate with the government. After a rocky start, Jennifer says he became one of investigators' most valuable assets. So a little background on Rick Singer is that he is the world's most competitive guy. I mean, if you're playing checkers or pickup basketball, he's like throwing elbows, he's throwing things, he's, you know, he's going to win. Uh-huh. So he just decides that, you know, if he's going to be a cooperator, he's going to be the best cooperator that anyone has ever seen. And investigators put him to work. They put him in a conference room. He's got handlers sitting near him. He's got a script. He comes in, he's like in his tracksuit. And basically his job is to now call these parents and get them to just admit what they've done in some way. And that went on and he was just kind of knocking it out of the park. Uh-huh. One after another. One of the people Singer dialed was John Wilson, the father with twins, who's now on trial. Remember this call? Because he has to actually recruit some real sailors so that Stanford doesn't (laughs) catch on. Singer was working with federal agents when he made that call. He was also working for the feds when he called up Gamal Abdelaziz. Prosecutors allege Abdelaziz worked with Singer to get his daughter into USC as a fake athlete. He's now being tried for conspiracy to commit fraud and bribery. He's pleaded not guilty. Rick, Gamal, tell me something good. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina is loving USC. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, li- I'm living life like you, big guy. At the time Singer made this call, his business with Abdelaziz was over. Sabrina was already in college. But investigators hoped to get him on tape anyway. So they concocted an excuse for Singer to call Abdelaziz back up. The cover story was an IRS audit. Singer would tell Abdelaziz that he, Singer, was getting audited, and that the IRS was looking into a payment Abdelaziz had made to Singer's foundation. He calls Gamal, and, you know, they're they're talking about the cold weather in Boston. But then all of a sudden, yeah, Singer says, hey, listen, you know, my foundation's getting audited. So we're getting audited right now. Yes. Which is typical, right? And so they're looking at all my payments that have come into our foundation. And so they asked me, you know, about the $300,000 payment um, that was made. He goes right into it and he says, you know. I'm not going to tell the IRS anything about the fact that your $300,000 was paid to Donna Heinel at USC to get Sabrina into school even though she wasn't a legitimate basketball player at that level. He says, you know, I'm not going to say that to the IRS. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to say that to the IRS, obviously. You okay with that, right? You okay. You're okay with that, right? And Gamal says, of course. Okay, I just, I just want to make sure. I never know with families, right? 
The USC administrator, Donna Heinel, has pleaded not guilty to all charges. Prosecutors have used this recording, as well as other recordings of Abdelaziz and Wilson, to make the case that both parents were well aware that their arrangements with Singer were illegitimate. Lawyers representing the two fathers deny the charges. They say neither Abdelaziz nor Wilson saw documents that Singer created touting their kids as athletes. The lawyers say that Rick Singer was a a con man, that he presented everything he did as above board, and that they thought that they were making legitimate donations. And then the second argument that they've made is that, look, um, wealthy people do all kinds of things to get their kids into school, like financially, and universities are fine with that. Donations are paid, and this is sort of like it or not, it's sort of how it works. Money talks, well-connected families, universities court them. And this is another example of that. That's what they've tried to say. Don't hate the player, hate the game, in other words. <laughs> exactly. Closing arguments in the case are expected to begin tomorrow. As for Singer, he's pled guilty to racketeering and money laundering, among other charges. He's awaiting sentencing. Melissa says the trial and the tapes have shown that the college admissions process is far from a meritocracy. I've covered higher ed uh, in various kind of forums for over a decade, and that does not surprise me. But to a lot of the public, it's still this dream that the top universities in the country only choose the best and brightest and not necessarily the people who are really fast runners or good swimmers or really, really rich, right? That merit matters more than anything. And that ideal definitely just came crumbling down when this case broke. And the more and more we get into the nitty gritty of how schools choose their applicants, who they choose to let in, it leaves a lot of people with a sour taste in their mouth. That's all for today, Tuesday, October 5th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Jennifer and Melissa's book is called Unacceptable, Privilege, Deceit, and the Making of the College Admissions Scandal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.